The Block Talk podcast started because of my passion for the property management industry. I wanted to start a conversation and add some value within the industry with a diverse range of people and professionals who can add something extra. As we start out, my aim is that the podcast offers some useful insight into a variety of views, opinions, thoughts, and foresights from our guests who include business leaders and industry experts. If you enjoy the podcast and want to find out any other information, head on over to brianwelsh.co.uk. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Block Talk podcast with me, Brian Welsh, and Jax Bruce. Jax, how are you? What have you been up to? Uh, I'm good. I'm good, Brian. I had a pretty quiet weekend. Um, I had a couple of friends around for dinner on Saturday night, um, so that was nice. And surviving the, the storms that we're having at the moment. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, yeah, me, me too, surviving the storms. But I'm moving house soon, so it's been pretty... Uh, yeah, pretty full on over the weekends. Um, thanks for that. Okay, right. So today we have the pleasure of talking to David Reed. David is the Deputy Chief Executive for James Gibb, and he's transitioning to CEO in April later this year. David has been in the industry since 1999, and he started his own company, Life Property Management, back in 2003. Um, Life at the time was one of the fastest organically grown property management um companies in the history of Scottish factoring. Now, David tells us that James Gibb is the fastest organic and manufactured growth company in Scotland. He joined the PMAS in 2012, and today is their immediate past president. David, it's great to speak to you as always. How are you doing? Doing well. Um, one day at a time, as always saying. And uh, thanks very much to uh, both of you for inviting me along to speak today. Okay, cool. No, no, it's it's great to have you on, and thanks for thanks for agreeing to do it. So, James, have been going through a restructure. Um, can you tell us about it and the reasons for doing it? Yeah, obviously, we we uh, had two large organisations um, come together in two thousand and nineteen. Um, we then uh, six months later integrated the two companies together. So, we put a heavy focus on brand um, and the brand is obviously driven by culture um, driven by values um, you know people look at values as words um, but for for certainly our board of directors each of them has has a meaning um, and often certainly from my past experience and and I, and I was in business myself for the best part of 17 years that uh, what I was quite shocked to see was the lack of emphasis that's put on um, and priority that's put on culture values um, aligned to to the brands. So, so from that line of thought, that you know, uh, you know everything we do and everything we say is, is is very much brand associated. We looked at the structure of the organisation. We looked at how best that we can deliver back the service delivery model. Um, and, and, and literally with the three key objectives of being number one factor of choice, number one employer of choice, and obviously the most obvious, which is financially sound. Okay. Okay. And and did and so culture culture within the business is that the same culture you had in in LPM, or is it is it different now? No, it's it's a combination because both companies had. Um, 
similar values. I mean, the values will always be the same. I mean, they will start by the, they will come from the leaders and they have to be designed through an organisation. You know, I, I live my life through five keywords, which people will laugh because so many people hear them, even my own daughters uh, say, oh, here we go, Dad. And it's fair, reasonable, rational manners and respect. Now, there's a number of words that can be designed round about that, which has created the, the values of our organisation. And as I said, it's not just a statement of words. It's, it's got to have meaning and it has to infiltrate through an organisation. And um, so so we've had to, we've had to align them um, through the new co, if you like. Which is obviously um, James Gibb residential factors. The the brand of LPM was was taken across there. The name of James Gibb remained. So it's about making sure everybody's aligned to the the same common journey. Yeah, I get that. I, yeah, we've spoken to a number of people, and and it's the behaviours, isn't it? So you've got the values, but you've got to have the behaviours within the organisation that that back up those values. Hundred uh, percent, Brian. The the, the behaviours are, are are key to it. You know, um, you think back is you know, there was a, there's been many statements that I've I've heard, and and I think Frank Dick, um, who was the um, you know chief uh, coach at, at the Europe for the European Championships back in the eighties, I loved his quote. You know, when you think about learned behaviours, and and he made the statement. When I was 14, my dad was so ignorant, I could hardly stand in the same room, room as him. And he, he went on to say when I was 21, I was astonished how much he'd actually learned in the last seven years. Um, and and that, that, that statement is, is all about us all learning what the right behaviour is. And mm -hmm. going back to that statement I made at the beginning about everything we do and everything we say, whether it's internally, externally. Um, we'll go back to to your brand and go back to to, to your organisation. Yeah, no, I think and I think I think leadership and management of businesses has changed dramatically, even in our business lifetime. You know, so uh, so yeah. And you are um, you are roughly the same age as me, although I'm sure you claim to be younger. Um, but anyway, well, how well, did the, difference, you... the difference between myself and you, Brian, as you well know, is I dye my hair grey to make myself look older. <laughs> Yours is just naturally grey. <laughs> Just to get some grey in the boardroom, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, thanks for that. Okay, um, we might even let Jax leave that one in. Okay, <laughs> so um, 1999, how did you get into the industry? Good question. Um, actually, at the time, I had just come out the back of the public sector in the NHS and had uh, was working at legal and general and commercial property management at the flat in the west end of Glasgow. Uh, and I joined the Residents Association and Committee, and they, they were intent on changing the property manager at the time, and, and they interviewed various property managers, um, and they come in one after the other, and, and I sat, if I'm being honest, quite aghast that if that was the best that we had in the industry, that what I saw was a niche. So believe it or not, in the strategic mind that I've got, I then spent one year I applied for a job with another well-known um, Scottish factor, um, worked for them for 12, 13 months, and then took a gamble along with someone who was working for that organisation at the time, and they set up Life Scotland, which ultimately became Life Property Management. And, and it was designed on... You know, the, the brand was the circle of life where everyone was in it together. Um, it started with three people all in it together. And, and, and as it grew, that 
that whole um, uh, logo and brand association continued continued with it. But what I did do was was identify like any organisation and a very and what I would see in it as just an opinion, an industry it was very dated had an opportunity for someone to to bring in a, a organisational model delivery product delivery that was customer service orientated and if if anything you know and believe it or not it can be quite um hum, humbled by when i look back over the years that 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 life property management was in existence that that actually that concept was why it made it the fastest growing organic company in the history of scottish factory um, and it's not it's not a a sales pitch it's a just a factual statement so and I, and I do believe that's aligned to all the things that we talked about earlier the how you you know how, how you make sure that you're a factor of choice so you make sure you're number one employer of choice and get the balance between the three um and the only way you'll do that is to create a culture and an environment that people want to be part of because you could sit in the ivory tower and say that well, it was me that made that a, a success no that was the people i had round about me that made that a success i was just the orchestrating the whole thing um so yeah that, that that's how i found myself into the world of um, residential property factor wow okay yeah i have to say i mean i i, I doubt um your industry is much different to mine finding good talent at this precise moment in time is very very difficult yeah i mean it really is a kind of almost uh um an employee's kind of market at the moment and yeah we, we we certainly have struggled to find good people and i'm sure you guys find the same yeah and it's about it's about identifying how you know it's, it's well known you know you've probably heard some of the stuff that's come out of armor and um irpm as well where they were you know i think it was figures quoted like 40 percent turnover in staff and and it's a difficult i always I always make the statement to, to, to people when they first come into the industry, it's like Marmite. You either love it or you hate it. Um, yeah. I, I, I love it because every day, you know, after, you know, 20, I think that's 22 years now, and, and, and there's a new challenge. There's something new that you have to go and research or you have to go and pick up your knowledge base on. And, and that just keep that just keeps just keeps keeps it going. You know, and I need to be challenged constantly. That's that's um you know, and I know again. I've always made the statement that there's nothing that you're going to learn in a day that you, you you're likely to do so without listening, um, uh-huh. and 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 that's a big part of that. So you know, yeah, making sure that you've got the right people, and when you do get the right people, um, I always took again reminding me of a philosophy that I took right from the outset, and that is that you can teach people property management, but you can't teach them basic values and customer service delivery. If they come with values and customer service delivery, then if you teach them property management, they'll be the best property managers in the, in the industry. Uh, and I'd like to say over the years that some who had a 2% turnover in the staff in 14 years, I think it was, 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 was the best wow. record. Um, yeah. and, and those that moved on, you know, I manage a football <clears throat> team and I say the same thing that I've done my job if someone goes on and plays at a better level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Actually, we had Malcolm Perryman on here from the IRPM a few weeks ago and he was talking about a survey that went out to the IRPM 
members about you know people who wanted to, who were going to stay in the industry and some and things like that and i mean it was a it was an eye an eye opening uh, report that uh, that he read uh, that, he, that he that he put together yeah i used to have a my first boss ever in life said something to me once i, I not sure I wholly 100% agree with it, but I do to a, to, a, to a certain degree, and that is you can change someone's technical, this is a technical software company, you can change someone's technical ability, but it's very, very difficult to change their personality and their attitude. So, you know, finding someone who has the, the attitude for, for that sort of role and teaching them the, 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 the job is, is, is by far the best way about it. Yeah. So. And, and do you know what's a good, it's a good point as well, because we, we've just... One of the things that just recently introduced is a personality, you know, testing um, exercise for our senior leaders, and it's all colour based, um, it's, and it's quite an interesting concept. And, and what it does do is match up the colours because everybody's got different personality traits, and it's about finding the, the right balance within an organisation. And you know, I, I can identify that mine is sometimes a lack of patience and reading documents and documents and documents but if you surround your people yourself with people who actually do that and do it very well then that's a balance within an organization and at every level not just at a senior leadership level you know every level you need that empowerment and that autonomy because the best ideas for any of the organizations that i've been involved in over the years are the comes from the people who are right at the front end of it so it's yeah yeah no, I, I I totally I totally agree with you on the um on the kind of personality assessment sort of profiling stuff. Um, I did this about oh I don't know eighteen months ago, um, because I have a business coach who I've been uh, speaking to for about eighteen months, and he introduced me to Clifton, which is from Gallup. I don't know if you've come across it. Yeah. Um, and I and it's a it's again one of these things that kind of um there's thirty four themes in Clifton, and it kind of tells you what you're go-to ones are your top five, your top 10. And and I was so taken with the tool and I wish I'd known about it years ago. The one thing it did tell me was that I'm not very good with people. But anyway, that was that's another story. <laughs> so so but the one thing that I was I was so taken with the tool that I actually did this out I did the coaching course and I'm a certified Clifton coach now. And we roll it out, you know, we roll it out across our business. And whenever we take someone from first interview to second interview, we we assess them as well. Now it's not and it's not cheap to do either. So it's for people that you're maybe not going to employ, but it's it's to see how they'll fit into the team um, and these sort of things. Because you, you obviously need tons of different strengths and abilities within one team. And there's no point in having 10 people who are continue can completely alike, you know. So um so I, I find these things invaluable nowadays. Yeah. Yes, totally agree with that. Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> moving moving on, you've been involved with the PMAS since about 2019. How's that going and how have you found it? Do you know, I, I, I at the outset, and I've openly um, stated this, uh, that when, when, when life property management was growing, I, I wanted to be that person that was doing something different and, and would stay away from it because at the time I, I looked at it without comment and, and said it wasn't a place that we wanted to be and, and by by round about 2012 I had when I got invited along to some of the conferences and the information exchange that I had missed out on over a number of years through that decision um, was, was, was quite frustrating for me because it, it was a decision that I had taken ownership of and, and had got wrong. Um, so entering into the Property Managers Association and being in council you, you could see that 
that was the platform that could be developed further. Um, and and you know, there was a good team on council, some pa real good, strong past presidents. Um, and and for me, and again, it was my own objective was that that had to to the identification of that brand had had to be um, further developed at the highest level um, and be recognised that if the industry was to lose that poor reputation that we had to find ourselves on to a number of platforms um, you know, and, and roll forward a good number of years what we find ourselves uh, and, and currently, you know, obviously the, the current president um, Nick and, and Alison McDermott has been an absolute godsend throughout that whole journey for me from, from being in council to becoming president 2018 uh, through to 2018. 20, well, sorry, 2019 to 2021, which actually, when you actually think back upon that, that era, I dealt with the tragedy of a, a business partner that passed away in tragic circumstances. I dealt with COVID-19 and then just to put the icing in the cake, along came the Cladden crisis. So so I, that, was, that was quite an interesting two years as president. Um, as past president, I'm still working with Scottish government. Um, on the the um, cladding um, parliamentary working group for cladding at the present moment, um, and that's the type of platforms that we found ourselves on. The 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 structure of the property managers association councils changed dramatically as well now. Where you know financially, the board report is details everything operationally from financially at a glance before you get into a, a council meeting on a quarterly basis. You know exactly what's going on within the organisation and. And it is really now starting to become a, 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 a very sought out voice within the construction industry, I have to say, beyond the, the factory industry. Um, you know, because one of the biggest things, again, that I recognised, uh, you know, I always say that the, the understanding of factoring in our society is probably our biggest challenge. People buy a house and they pay their council tax and they expect to, to, to have they have everything available to them, you know, so along comes a factor and says, right, okay, you have to pay for, whether it's an open space site, you have to pay for the landscaping, you need to pay for X, Y, and Z. Well, if you owned a house that was sitting in its own location, you would pay for the landscaping to make sure it's cosmetically good and it adds value to your property. Similarly, with blocks of flats, you, you know, it has to be insured, it has to be cleaned, it has to be maintained, you know, you, you have to carry out improvement works. And, and and a lot of the time there's that missing link. You know, we always say that the you know in the world of residential property factoring that the downsizers, um, people who are downsizing into flats need educated on factoring. Um, people who are first time buyers need educated in factoring. Somewhere in the middle there, there's people who have had the experience of it and understand it better. So we as an industry need to get that that out there, there's things that we look at similar to what you've done here in terms of podcasts. That's something that's been tabled recently, even to the extent where what's been tabled is adverts, but not to sell property management as the way we would do as an organisation, but to educate the educate you know, the, the, the society in Scotland as to what freehold tenure and factors is all about. So I went off at a tangent there to your question. I appreciate Brian as I normally do, but you know, the, the Property Managers Association will be a huge part of that going forward in the future and the platforms that we've found ourselves on and the, the ears that are now listening is quite significant.
Hmm, excellent. No, no, because I, I think it is that education process, isn't it? Because, yeah, uh, and, you know, gone are the days where you buy a new house and the council adopts all the work that needs to be done of it. I mean, that's been long gone and, and someone needs to pay for it. And you're right, you know, you buy, you buy your own house sitting, sitting on its own. You're you need to you need to pay someone or do do the work yourself to keep to keep it um, looking good and keep the value of your business of your of your of your property. Yeah, absolutely. And that point you've just made is you know I stood at AGMs over the years and, and I made that very statement is that you know gone are those days where the council would adopt it. But what 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 has to happen now is developers have to obviously pay twenty five years of an annual service charge up front. Uh -huh. um, for the councils to even consider adopting it. And in that particular scenario, some of the councils are unable from a resource because of the you know the, the, the memento over you know the years of, of the build programme. So they will now turn to private property management companies to, to maintain these areas and make sure that as I said that the, the end goal is that we are there to manage it for on behalf of the homeowners and ensure that the value in which they purchase their property is sustained, if not uh, improved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Okay, so um, is there a project um, that's interest you most across your career? That's a great question. I've been involved in many <laughs> projects over over the years and, and narrowing that down was quite in interesting. And I don't know if it's just because it's live, you know, I've been through the the scenario of you know the, the buildings insurance changes over the years, the you know, title reform bill. You know, you've had the Property Factors Act, uh, um, and 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 the challenges for many organisations that, that that brought, which I am a great advocate of because it, it gives it gives organisations guidance and as a gap analysis for organisations. Um, however, I would say. The current crisis that we're in has been probably the most challenging that I have ever encountered in any form of property, whether it's public sector, commercial or residential. And that is, that is the, the external wall system crisis, which obviously I'm um, be attending a webinar very soon and be speaking about you know, setting the scene from the journey that we've come on um, as residential property factors throughout that. And, and realizing that being on the parliamentary working group for this, the the, the unintended consequences of freehold tenure in Scotland and, and what that has placed on, on this crisis, the amount of stakeholders that involve from UK finance to you know, the Law Society Scotland, um, you know, the, the, the impact across the industry, home builders is, is significant. So it is the hottest topic at the mm -hmm. moment, but probably the biggest challenge that this industry has ever had to deal with. Okay, and I take it you you envisage it going running for many years to come. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you listen to you, you, you listen to what comes out of Westminster, and then you've got obviously the Scottish Parliament and 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 what they're doing, and and you know, it's 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 difficult because there is no easy way because there's. Yeah. There's legislation. There's legislation challenges. Obviously, Property Managers Association was calling for some primary, secondary, or amended legislation um, to to try and drive forward the unintended consequence of freehold tenure, um, driven by, in many cases, the apathy um, of homeowners within 
large-scale developments to, to to understand. And when I say apathy, I mean it with the greatest respect. They, 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 they do not realise what their obligations as a duty holders for for the development are, um, and making sure that they have to play their part in, in, in solving this. But so far, the Scottish Government are taking it in the right direction. It is a slow process, the pilot um, stage of this for 25 developments. Um, has led to people finding their way through, um, through the, through the crisis. But I can see, I can see a, a, an end result that that maybe isn't as far off as 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 we think it is, but still a lot of big big barriers um, as a result of um, freehold to come. Okay, that's that's very interesting. Um, so when you think about the future of property management, what do you see? Again, great question. Um, I said earlier on, the, the, the toughest thing, the toughest thing remains, is the education of society and their understanding of of of, of property factoring. Um, so obviously, had and still does to a degree have a bad reputation, which can be sometimes pinned at the door in terms of how organisations deliver their service um, model. Um, there's opportunities here um, from Property Managers Association Scotland, from from the Property Factors Act to 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 be able to mould and design it um, and have an influence in designing it, the way in which we, we all want to see it go. Um, talked about the campaigns, um, not to sell factoring organisations, but to, to 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 educate as to what the industry is and what our challenges are. Um, all too often, you walk into AGMs, and just as recently as last night, um, an online AGM where it was a, you know, a frustration by one particular homeowner who who, who lacked understanding of the the the, the legal um, system, the deed of conditions, the you know, and, and felt that these barriers were not barriers as such that these um, obligations that were been driven by the property factor. Other, you know, when actual fact it was been driven by the the, the legal document that 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 serves their development, um, we need to continue the stakeholding partnerships. Um, we need to reflect upon who the customer base is, and you know, I often say that the customer, the customer for me isn't just the homeowner, the home builder, um, it's the suppliers that you use, and it's your colleagues, um, because. You, you know, every part of, of how you interact and relationships you build is very much going full circle back to first conversation, and, and that's to do with how you approach um, your own life and your own values, um, and 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 your and and how you um, direct that into your organisation and 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 those teams that surround you um, that make your business work, that make your your industry work in terms of property managers association Scotland. So, uh, I, I'm I'm a bit frustrated, if I'm being honest, that during the time that I was president, that there was, you know, uh, I went through a, a you know, uh, as a, a, a line to earlier on the tragic circumstances. A business partner, I went through a, a selling an organisation or selling off the best part of an organisation. I went through COVID nineteen. I went through the Claddon crisis and. I just feel as if I've got, I've got a lot more to give, and I'll continue to give that to the property managers association through 
um, working on council for as long as they want me to. Yeah, no, that's that. That is interesting. I mean, what I, I suppose a number of things that have come out in other kind of podcasts for people in the industry was that it's hugely difficult if you've got a you know you've got a flatted development of a hundred flats. It's hugely difficult to please a hundred people all of the time. You know, so it's a you know it's not the easiest job in the world, but but certainly educating um, homeowners before they become homeowners would would seem like the uh, like the, the the way to push this, yeah. No, hundred percent. It's the way. It's the way of the future for me. That's just that is my opinion. But but we we need to do an awful lot of work on that, and then and then it will actually have you know make make people um, customers and all the customer base I talked about. And mm-hmm. the more understanding that you have, then then the easier the journey will be for for everybody concerned. Okay, so one final question for me before we let Jax um, in with hers. Um, if you did have the power to what, change one thing across the industry, what would it be? That is a really good question, and that's a left field one, isn't it? Um, what would I change? What would I change? I would. I, I, I literally would. 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 That's <laughs> a great question. And one that stumped me, and I don't often get stumped, but I would say... As, well, I've never heard you speechless before in my life anyway. No, so. no, you, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, 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 I'm scared that I'm labouring the point here and I'm going to repeat myself, but you know, the, the one thing that has to change in this industry is the perception of the industry mm-hmm. and only the industry leaders um, and those who have got the ability to be able to educate um, society on... on, on on what residential property management and factoring is. But when we do that, we have to make sure that the service delivery and the customer service delivery in which we approach this is done the way you would expect to in a a customer service uh, delivery environment. And if we can get, and that is a, a big challenge because it's not just our industry, it's many industries, but we can do that through platforms like the Property Managers Association, and many, and over the years, many people reflect upon the Property Managers Association as a, a, a you know, a, a members forum that was a closed shop, and it, I can't comment on that. I wasn't a party to it. All I can say now is it's very different and, and very transparent and open to to being able to to, to go on that journey to, to improve an industry um, that still needs significant improvement. Okay, that's great. Thank you for that. Um, okay, so Jax is going to pitch in at this point and and ask her three quirky questions. Yes. <laughs> Who came up with that phrase, the three quirky questions? Quirky questions anyway, is that you, I think? It's a quirky answer, I'm worried about. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is the fun bit, David. So what's your biggest failure across your entire career and what did you learn from it? Do you know, great question. Um, I'll answer this. I'll give two statements in response to that. <laughs> um, failure. When you look at the word failure, it's not the opposite. It's not the opposite of success. Um, it's part of the success. Mm-hmm. So I have had many failures over over the years, um, and I often talk about. Uh, just yesterday, I was speaking to someone, and I said, "You know, you make a mistake, and you learn from it." You make a mistake a second time, someone will ask, really? And if you make it a third time, you're in the wrong 
you're in the wrong industry, the wrong job, you should maybe seek alternatives. Um, failure is something that we can avoid by doing, oh, sorry, something that we can avoid by doing nothing and saying nothing and being nothing. So I think that statement on its own um, gives an answer to, to, to failure. And my greatest failure actually was in a different career. Um, the greatest failure I had was in the football field. Um, as, as a young player, um, round about the time when, when you would be getting picked up to play at the highest level you could, and my lack of belief and confidence in the, my own ability um, was what held me back. And when I started to mature and grow confidence, um, I found myself ending up playing at semi-pro level, but at 24 years of age, um, and I would say that that failure to believe in myself, and not in a cocky way, not in an arrogant way, but in that self-belief um, that, that at times in the early days of life property management could have held me back and I reminded myself of the opportunities I've missed. And I, you know, I, I finished off my career um, playing football at that semi-pro level, led one team for nine years, five years as captain, and ended up finishing up at Clyde Bank. Um, and I, and I, many people have told me that I should have played at a higher level. And the only thing that held me back was the failure to identify that if you believe in yourself, you can achieve anything. Yeah. Yeah, good advice. It's uh, sometimes can be a tough thing to do for some people, believing we're, we're our own worst critics, aren't we? 100%. And it's just yeah. about... I mean, I've read some things and I always never thought I would actually come out. These words would come out of my, my own mouth. But, you know, I've, I've listened to some podcasts about meditation and taking time out. And you know, at that point, you've just made, Jack, it's a great one because people out there um, would, would answer that and say, well, you don't know my circumstances. And yeah, um, likewise, I don't know the very low places that I've been in over the years. You know, when, when things weren't going well, you're about to, you thought you were about to lose everything. But you know, there's only one person that can pull you through that, um, and you can get go and seek people who can advise you, who have been there, and if you listen to them, if you're prepared to listen, you know, there is always there is always a solution to a problem. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it can be easier to find than others, and you just mentioned meditation there. It's it's a great thing for clearing the mind, and something that I think they should be doing in schools as well to to help kids into that habit from a, a young age and cultivate that awareness and self-belief and Definitely. to knock out those something that I've been kind of working on is I think as women as well we're very guilty of saying I can't do that I can't do that um, and I've re I'm retraining my brain to say I'm just learning um, so when I'm trying something new um, I try not to to beat myself up if I can't do it and I'm just reminding myself that if it's something new then of course I can't do it and um, which is uh, a just, nice little twist. <laughs> it just reminded me of two two quotes there Jack so that, that, again that people who know me have heard so many times um, uh, when, when I was asked a question about you know stepping in and starting your own organisation I read a book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway and there was mm. a phrase can't tell you what the rest of the book said, but I remember <laughs> this one phrase, and it said, ships are safe in the harbour, but ships were not built for that purpose. Mm. Uh, and, 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 you know, you can you can stay in that harbour, and you can float about, and you maybe survive, and it will maybe not sink, and, you know, or you can, or you can just, just 
put yourself out there, just go for it, believe that you can, believe you've got the ability to be able to go over that extra, that extra mile. And, and, and again, another nautical quote that I've used in the past as well, and that is that you, you, you can't change the direction of the wind, but you can adjust the sail to suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, nice. I like it. Good. So, if you ruled the world for a day, what would you do, David? I would start a political party <laughs> that, that is purely based on people, and it would be called the Fair, Reasonable, Rational Manners and Respect Party because wow, <laughs> if everybody, if everybody could actually apply those five common values to their life and if you think about everything that happens in the world today you could pick holes and say every part of that has one or all of those values missing yeah so that 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 would be you know you know making a difference in life the the, the most number one priority i always try and find a balance people say how do you how do you find the balance in your working environment that's because i put my family my friends and my kids number one priority it doesn't matter what i'm working on that everything gets dropped and i go and deal with that first yeah yeah and that learning yeah. that we talked about you touched on there jacks in the schools um you know you can put your kids in any school in the land and expect them um to 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 to, to learn the rights and wrongs <laughs> that learned behavior comes from the people that they look up to and provided you get that right your own behavior right that'll that'll resonate and, and yeah. feed through how they conduct themselves and that then gets applied to an organization so it's the same basics it's the same rules and it all comes back to values yeah absolutely yeah something that's distinctly lacking in politics without going too much into it. <laughs> i don't know if i could do politics you asked me a question my first involvement in politics through the cladding um scenario and, I, and i'm not so sure it's my yeah i, I wear my heart on my sleeve too much <laughs> yeah. yeah no it's not a bad thing um, so when you're 17, look back at your life, what will you be glad you did or will you feel proud of, either something you've already done or something that you want to do? Um, the one thing that I'll be proudest of is whether it's my kids, colleagues, team members, friends, industry. If I've said something, made a statement, had an action, um, taking accountability, responsibility, and ownership for 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 um, my own behaviour, and that's had an influence on in any one of them. I'll happily take that. Um, but whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game. Yeah. How how will you how will you know that? Do you think someone would tell you? <laughs> that's a good point, Jackson. And and you know, do I need? someone to tell me um, I would like to think that you know people ask I've said you know how do you feel somebody might react badly to that but every decision that I've ever taken um, has been based on what I believe in my heart is the right thing to do um, and and if and if your heart and your passion to do the right thing um, and not that I'm now plugging James Gibbs um, James Gibbs new logo um, doing it the right way. Um, we don't always get it right. Um, we're still working through to make sure we get it right. But if you do apply that to everything you do, then then you'll you'll get some form of reward. Okay, right. Anyone says. Yeah. 
Yeah. Great. Thank you. No, no, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure right, to to be involved in this. Um, and, and as I said, hopefully someone someone out there does think you made a difference. Some people disagree with all the stuff I've said. Let's be honest. Um, some of it might be controversial, but it's 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 all meant with the, the greatest respect to, to everybody that I've interacted with over the years. And I even stretch that as far as Brian Welsh. <laughs> just, just, we almost got to the end. We almost got to the end. I know, the and, you know, and the fact that we, we you know, we're, we're on audio, and, and I don't get to see the fact that you know, I thought one of the questions would be about how you dealt with the pandemic, and and my answer, right at top level, would be um, enjoyed the photograph I seen of Brian Welsh wearing these pink slippers in his house with his shorts on, which was, which was a I, don't, I don't remember that. I don't think I would have been in shorts or anything. <laughs> Very good. And, and I, I doubt, well, I'll let Jags keep that one in, but never mind. Listen, um, David, that's been absolutely fabulous. Thanks for coming on and kind of giving us your views on all of that. That's been really, really useful. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you or talk to you about any of this, can you give us some details of how they can get get in touch with you yeah um more, more than welcome they can contact me um via directors at jamesgibb.co.uk um happily um whether it's whether it's about factoring or about life in general then yeah i'm, I'm more than happy to speak to anyone if there's anything i've said that assists or as 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 questionable again quite happy to have a conversation Good. Thanks very much for that. You know, you can also find David on LinkedIn. Okay, brilliant. Thanks for that, David. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. No, no, I appreciate it. Thanks very much for your time. I thoroughly enjoyed that.